It says we are live. Good morning to everybody in the chat. Can you hear me? Apologies for being a moment late. I was playing uh, Painkiller by Judas Priest on the table. And I lost track of time. <clears throat> Thank you, Taylor Smith, 5x5. Five five. It's Friday, FAFO Friday. We're going to talk about uh, a famine-ish slash economic indicator. Good morning, uh, Blue Wrenches. Good morning to everybody in the chat. We're also going to do the national intel, of which there's a significant amount sent in by y'all to the email address, intel at bearindependent.com. Okay? Okay, Bear. Now listen. 4% of y'all watch the show but are not subscribed. WTF. Subscribe. Ring a little bell icon. Do all the YouTube things. Leave a comment for the algorithmic robots. If you're already subscribed, you know what to do. Share the show with somebody you love. Okay? Okay, bear. Comment, thumbs up, all those things. Basic YouTube shenanigans. The show, as always, is brought to you by Refuge Medical for whom I am the chief shill because I am also the founder and CEO. Started this company in my barn four years ago. Now, because of y'all and the grace of the Most High, we are on four continents with all branches of the U.S. Armed Forces electively, and only 92 lives have been saved to date that we know of, not including the 13 lives that have been saved with Project Tribute Foundation kits for law enforcement officers here in the state of Oklahoma. 105 lives. Praise y'all. I'll take it. It's awesome. So, as always, refugemedical.com for your made-in-America life-saving equipment, okay? Okay, Bear. What's up, Walter Keenan? Sub dog? This coffee is steaming hot. Dangerously hot. What's up, Shocking Brad? Good morning. Bear Independence, 6 October 23. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, Agriculture, U.S. Departamente of Agriculture data has revealed that for the first time, Chicken consumption is expected to surpass 100 pounds per capita this year. That's a lot of damn chickens. Meanwhile, pork consumption is abnormally low. Cool. Read Leviticus 11. It ain't food anyway. And beef consumption is forecast to reach its lowest point since 2018. Also cool. More ribeyes for me. Thank you. Have Americans suddenly developed a raging appetite for the blandest meat available in the market? Not at all. As inflation pressures households across the country, chicken has become the obvious choice to replace more expensive choices like beef. Cody Cassidy, if it's not hot, it's not coffee. Okay, Cody. Cody is the official coffee ambassador of the Bear Nation now, right? Multiple chicken plants have been closed to financially cope with the effects of the avian influenza as well as the impacts of the events of 2020. COVID-19. In addition to this, feed prices have reduced, which is helping cut back production costs. The result is that major producers like Tyson and Pilgrim's Pride are seeing higher earnings as demand grows and supply shrinks. But the record prices are just one more way that consumers' wallets are being squeezed. Bill Densmore, senior director at Fitch Ratings, said, quote, we should see improving demand for chicken going forward. We'll see beef prices remaining high. End quote. Why? The drought is beating down on ranchers' herds in the Great Plains, leading to herd reductions. Another effect of all this is that layoffs are expanding for Tyson, which has already laid off about 1,700 workers back in March of this year when it closed two of its plants. And in April, 15% of its senior leadership and 10% of its corporate workers were laid off. That's a great indicator. 
Then, just last month, the company announced the closure of four of its chicken processing plants across three states, which of course means even more job losses. And this is muy interesante, as they hablan in the Espanol. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey and U.S. Senator from Missouri Josh Hawley have both called on Tyson to sell the poultry processing plants in the state rather than close them. Attorney General Bill Bailey wrote in a letter, quote, These plants are critical to local communities. Closure will be devastating to the local economy. Closure will have ripple effects that will harm more than just the individuals who would lose their factory jobs. How can a restaurant or grocery store in a town of 2,000 people expect to stay open when 1,500 people lose their jobs? What will chicken farmers and grain growers do if the plants they have long relied on close? End quote. Email David Lehman. Thanks for all you do, Bear. You're welcome, email David Lehman. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you. What's up, Rob G? Good morning. Donnie O'Keefe, Nick Rhodes, Brendan Autry in the chat, Aaron Cardoza. Roger. So um, chicken farmers, price of chicken is up because demand is up. Supply is shrinking. Uh, beef prices are up. These are all economic indicators. It's a big deal. Um, happy to say, although it has taken six years to get to this point, we produce a lot of meat on our little homestead. A lot. Chickens and turkeys and sheep and cattle. And... Uh, if you live in a place where you can produce food, you should do that. If you don't live in a place where you can produce food, you might consider strategically relocating while the opportunity still exists. To the point of what are we going to do for you know these little communities that depend upon these chicken farms and the chicken farms get shut down? There's this, uh, I don't even know where it comes from, but there's this false belief of permanence everything's permanent this little town will always be here this chicken farm will always be here my homestead will always be here no it will not that's a fallacy people move people move all the time because of external economic pressures it's kind of the history of man Read the Bible. They move about the face of the earth all the time. Read history books. People, groups, nation states move all across the face of the earth all the time. So if you're in Missouri and the Tyson processing plant is closing, what should I do? Maybe go somewhere else. But my family's been here my whole life. Cool. Now it's your turn to go somewhere else because your family can no longer stay there. That's a non-permissive environment. You can't make a living there. Pack your stuff and go but I don't want to. Okay. Or die. Right. Or just stay here and be poor. It's entirely up to you. But this idea of permanence is all make-believe. And it's one of the things that frustrates me greatly because I get a lot of contact from people like y'all out there in the Bear Nation. who are like, but Bear, you just don't understand. My family's been here for four generations. Okay. Where were they before that? Probably somewhere else. Right. And so they moved to where you are and they were able to stay there for four generations because there was enough uh, productivity in the land. There was enough economic fluff that they could afford to stay there. Not anymore. Go somewhere else. But I don't want to. Okay, well, that's between you and your maker. But my point is, I get on first words or die. Cody Hill, that doesn't make sense. Don't die, Coyote Hill. What are you talking about in the chat? Get your poop in a group, Coyote Hill. Uh, my point is, 
people move. And the idea that you wouldn't have to is make-believe. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of more job losses. I'm not a, f- a fan of more pressures on the supply chain when it comes to food. But as far as the localized economy is concerned, man, I live in eastern Oklahoma. There's dead towns all over the place around here because there used to be a thing here and now it's not here. Oh, they used to mine coal here and now they don't anymore. All right. Go somewhere else. Go where the other economic uh, opportunities are. It's kind of the story of man, isn't it? National Intel. There's a lot today. Uh, Before we do that, Refuge Medical Buckets for Bob's. Yesterday, a lot of the buckets were OOS out of stock because you guys have been buying a lot of buckets. We fixed that. Uh, so they are available again. So if you logged on yesterday to refugemedical.com and tried to get a wound care bucket or a postpartum bucket or a birthing bucket or a surgical bucket, and we're like, oh, they're out of stock, um, we fixed that. The surgical bucket is still out of stock because you can blame the Marine Corps because the APLS blankets, uh, Mylar blankets that we use in that bucket are also specified by the Marine Corps in their individual first aid kit. So we're in... Uh, we're fighting against the DOD for availability, but our supplier, we've got a pallet of them coming. Don't worry about it. But in the meanwhile, you can still get a wound care bucket, birthing bucket, postpartum bucket uh, at refugemedical.com. And every time you buy a bucket that enters you in for a chance to win $4,000 of special giveaway awesomeness, uh, refuge medical equipped bug out bag and arc Advanced ripaway kit from Refuge, uh, mirror safety gas mask, level four plates, and a carrier from Redemption Tactical, a jelly bean launcher, an actual M4 jelly bean launcher that will be shipped to your local FFL, uh, Mantis laser training system. It's like 4000 bucks worth of stuff. So you go to Refuge Medical, you buy a wound care bucket. Then if you accidentally get injured, you have all the gauze, tape, gloves, and disinfectant you could possibly need to treat a grievous injury for 30 days or more, and you can enter it into a chance to win. So check it out, refugemedical.com. And if you use promo code Bear Nation, you get free shipping. Okay? Okay, Bear. Read the national intel, Bear. Okay, I'll do that. Great uh, great discourse we're having today. Bear Independent Brief, 6 October 23. National Intel. Intel at bearindependent.com is the email address. What's the email address, Bear? Intel at bearindependent.com. If you can't spell it, you have self-selected out of your ability to provide intelligence to the Bear Nation. Tracking? Tracking. (laughs) Good morning, Liberty. Okay, Bear. (sighs) These are all quotes. I'm not going to say a quote over and over again. My wife works as a customer service representative for a local auto dealership here in Wisconsin. She told me on Tuesday that 13 of the parts distribution centers that they get parts for vehicles from are currently shut down with the UAW strike. Then on Wednesday, on my morning commute to work, I hit a deer on the front left side of my vehicle. It knocked out the headlight and damaged the grill and front fender pretty extensively. Took it in today to get an estimate, and the auto body we took it to gave me the estimate, but had no lead time on when the parts will even be available for it. I might end up going to a salvage yard this weekend just to find a headlight since I go to work at 5.45 a.m. Hopefully, you at least got some meat out of the deal. Next, we run a general contracting business out of Brooksville, Florida. The majority of our work is based out of Tampa. 
Today at a client's property off Hillsborough Avenue around 10.30 a.m., I noticed the driver's door of my truck was cracked about six inches open, which is abnormal for me. I walked out to the truck and noticed my 9mm had been removed from the side pocket of the center console. I stopped touching anything in the truck and called for law enforcement. Also, this guy must have been doing talk to text because it actually says that he called law enforcement. But I don't think law enforcement is who he called. I think it was law enforcement. But in any event, he called law enforcement. Uh, in 15 minutes, law enforcement showed up and uh, got the report and looked through the truck. He was given pictures and the serial number of the handgun. And that was all I had noticed that was missing uh, until he was dusting for prints. I noticed the $20 bill was gone and my entire get home bag from the back seat, which was a black tactical style bag with a bare minimum to the Molly webbing on the front of it. Bare minimum being a kit from refugemedical.com. To me, the refuge kit was worth more to me than the lost firearm and other known contents of the bag. Outside of clothing, socks, water, etc., two loaded AR magazines and multiple reloads for the handgun, along with whatever else other miscellaneous items were in the bag. I was inside the house of a client with the door open and all of the windows open, and I was cleaning up before an inspection so that the house would be in better shape for the inspector. I'm truly amazed that I didn't see or hear anything within a 10-minute window that I was in the truck and back outside to notice that the door was open. So that's fun. I keep a gun in my truck at all times, says Militant. RLRL says your vehicle is not a holster, in all caps, with three exclamation points. RLRL is very passionate about this. Next, I thought your subscribers might be interested in our local efforts as a municipal organization, emergency management committee, with the goal of increasing local resiliency on a town-wide model. After much work, we just completed a ready fest yesterday, which had a great turnout for a small town with only 700 people. As a small rural town in western Massachusetts, there have been similar changes as seen all over the U.S. A significant amount of people moving out to the country with little knowledge or skills or relationships of how to live there. This was a festival-style gathering open to the public with many educational setups to help work with the public to build up individual preparedness and, more importantly, to foster relationships. We had booths set up from the Board of Health, Fire Department, State Emergency Management Agency, Mental Health Professionals, Amateur Radio Club, Local Snowmobile Club, and many others. If you're wondering how to build your tribe or your mag, you should be listening to this. Maybe re-listen to this afterwards. Take notes because this is all, there's a lot of nuggets in here. Tracking. Tracking, bear. All right. Coffee.com. I staffed a booth for the police department as we provide police services from the neighboring town, which is slightly bigger. I was also able to coordinate with the local rifle club who set up a booth. Free ice cream was arranged for several hours and we had a great chili cook-off contest. Throughout the day, focus seminars were conducted. This included a section on mental health issues for those unable to leave home during an emergency a chainsaw demonstration, fire extinguisher skills session, a roundtable with emergency management about recommendations and resources available, and a game show where contestants were asked preparedness questions. At the end, as an EMC, we discussed an emergency management plan and showed the progress we've made. Our highway department supervisor coordinated with other members and helped map out 10 neighborhoods as a suggestion within the town to help decentralize services and group people together geographically to work together. This draft is being put out to the public with some suggestions, but essentially letting them decide what works best for them. As the police department rep, I focused on day-to-day -day emergencies, such as having a full-size jack and tire in your vehicle, jump pack, jump your car, etc. 
security issues during power outages. That's a big one. And general basic safety to include water, food, safe heating, security during a prolonged emergency, as well as first aid. As a small area, we have a full-time police department, but the fire department is a call department and an ambulance is 30 or more minutes away in good weather. The big Berkey water filter and solar streetlights were a big hit at my table, and I was able to get many to start thinking about basics of radios to coordinate with neighbors when the phones go out. I'm not arrogant enough to suggest that this is a model that would work everywhere, but it is an idea many of your small town subscribers may find useful for ideas. Get involved locally. As this was our first year and the turnout was great, we plan on conducting this every September. Awesome. Good job. Next. I live in Northeast Indiana. Over last week, my wife contracted a virus that was taking her down fast. She went to the doctor on Wednesday for an x-ray, and by Friday, she had no results. The x-ray technician told her doctor that there was at least two more days wait. When the doctor got her results, she had pneumonia. The point is, don't feel secure just because the clinic or a hospital is right down the road. It's a good word. Next. Bear asked for information from countries outside the U.S. It has taken some time. Sorry for that. It takes time for stuff to spread here. Much slower pace of life. We live in the center of the country, so would see almost so would see almost done of other things happening at either border. Mm, might want to. That's not a sentence. Maybe like maybe work on that. But have some information from personal observations. One Panama newspapers have given a number. Uh, five million as government expense for bus transportation of illegals this year. Two, I had personally never seen such a bus until last week when I stopped at a local gas station for diesel. There was a white bus, national police markings, fairly new, also getting diesel. Bus full of normal people being guarded by national police. The people were not allowed to leave the bus. Refugees, probably, almost certainly. Three, police have random checks on farm roads where they check papers. They stop everyone, even if they know you, and ask for papers. They do not ask for driver's license. They want a cedula, which is a national ID card, which they then check in their computer base to make sure the pictures match. When refugees enter the eastern part of Panama from Colombia, the national police gather them into a camp, and Panama provides some food and some water. Other food, bottled water, clothes, medical supplies, and even spending money somehow appear. All sorts of rumors, no hard facts. Panama then buses these people to the Costa Rican border where more clothes, food, medical supplies, and treatment appear, and Costa Rica puts them on a bus to the next destination. Very orderly. We have actually driven within a block of the Costa Rica area, so that is verified by us. Five, are no people walking? There is no visible indication of the 560,000 people, government figures, that passed through here last year. The unverified numbers put the people closer to 1 million this year. So, yes, they really are coming. And six, some supply chain problems here, but really darn few. Inflation is running about 10% for everything but food, which is higher. Rice, which is a staple here, has almost doubled and is affecting the poorer class more than is sustainable. Do -do -do -do. This is a long one. Okay. We still here? We're doing okay? Everybody good? Good morning in the woods. Oklahoma homesteading. Good morning. Deputy Van Halen. Good morning. Panama. All right. Let's see. Next. National Intel. Good morning. Good morning. The other day I saw a post going about my small town being affected by the local power plants. Blow is the article with location and names redacted for OPSEC. But if I'm not mistaken, one or more 
One or a couple of the Bear Nation are from this area affected, so I'll add the locations back. The affected areas are Titusville, Port St. John, and Cocoa, Florida. Dooby dooby doo. Quoting from the article, we are still working on summarizing our investigation into the disease cluster where two power plants operated for decades and we've uncovered documents showing that the industry knew its pollutant concentrations were causing health of health effects. Due to numerous inquiries, I'm going to give a brief, brief summary below. Nickel, vanadium, and sulfur concentrations were found as far as location redacted when the plants utilized residual fuel oil. Documents reveal that the industry knew that the fine particles from emissions were causing health issues associated with the pollution, such as increased asthma in children, cardiac effects, and adverse birth outcomes. Other health implications observed and many reported to the Fight for Zero Health Project included chronic bronchitis, lung function decrements, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, change in heart rate, cardiovascular effects, oxidative stress, increased levels of fibronigin in the blood, preterm births, inflammation inflammation and blood cancer in the late 90s residents who lived close to the plants reported ash deposits on their cars and property the ash messed up the paint on their vehicles and occurred mainly in the winter the corrosion was caused by acid smut which formed from the oxidation of sulfur and fuel the sulfuric acid condenses on fly ash and deposits on boiler surfaces the acid in the duct combines with fly ash in the duct, covering the stack with an acid-ash mixture. In addition, particles that condense on duct walls can include iron sulfate and chromic acid. Heavy fuel oils emit more acid smut than coal. By the way, fly ash is a byproduct of the burning of coal and coal power plants, and it has some industrial uses. It's used in specialty concrete mixes uh, and some types of asphalt. And it's also used as a binder agent and other construction material that kind of stuff. And it's incredibly bad for you. Don't breathe fly ash. Doobie doobie doo. Doobie doobie doo. Hmm. The industry used more chemicals and emission reduction technology to combat the acid. Official documents done by environmental health. The pollution likely impacted those who lived in the area before 2008. Infants and children were most susceptible uh, we grabbed and stored soil samples taken from the area and would like to add funding to analyze if contamination is still in the soil. I appreciate your patience as we continue to interview past residents and work on a section of this for our website so you can report your autoimmune disease or cancer for our health project at fight4zero.org. Next, my wife works for the investment chain bank, not necessarily a large one, but of notable size. She told me some news that went on in a trader's meeting. The CEO normally doesn't participate in the meetings unless it's big or bad news. This time he was there to deliver a statement to the traders that, quote, if interest goes up another point, we are doomed, end quote. Usually when the traders leave the meeting, they'll strike up a conversation with each other. This time, not a word was said by anyone, including the CFO, chief financial officer. Man, a lot of intel from y'all this week. Next. I live on the outer banks of North Carolina, a sleepy beach town in the winter, a bustling tourist destination in the summer. Last week, we had crews who dug up the pavement in front of our house at varying intervals to install fiber optic internet service. They cracked the pavement every 20 feet and really messed up our road. I called the city and was told we have zero say over what the utility companies do. I was transferred to a man in charge of the project named Andre, who had a very slick Slavic Eastern European or possibly Middle Eastern accent. 
Let's just say in Southern speak, he for sure wasn't from around these parts. Well, he was a total tool bag and told me the cracks in the pavement did not exist, that they drilled under the road and did not damage. I told him I had pictures and said that was impossible. I'd spoken to his crew chief when they were digging in my yard. I kid you not, he also spoke the same accent and asked, it, did I own the house and did I have a husband? Creepy AF. Fast forward to today, we get a notice in our mailbox that Dominion Energy, the monopoly company that provides power, is installing smart meters on all the houses in the area. We vehemently do not want this and will be looking for ways to fight this change. We are hoping to opt out, but even that requires we pay a $168 fee and $30 a month just to not have one of these boxes. We are against them as my research shows they emit a lot of radiation. They do EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, and are also a fire hazard. I'm honestly afraid that our area is being set up for another quick burn situation. No, you need to chill on the quick burn situation. That's... What happened in Lahaina was definitely a made-it-happen situation. Laser beams from the sky. What you're dealing with is a bad fiber installation crew that I'm almost positive in most places. They used uh, directional drilling machines, probably either made by Vermeer or Ditchwich, and they drill a a tube, a they drill through the soil, they pull a HDPE, probably orange, high-density polyethylene conduit off of a reel, they install the conduit, then they put in some uh, mule tape and they pull the fiber optic, the optical cable through there, they splice it up, and that is part of an ongoing rural, uh, what are they calling it, just like we had rural electrification in the 1950s. Rural high-speed energy is a multi-trillion dollar decade-long initiative that is being pushed by uh, the White House et al. to get high-speed fiber everywhere around the country. Now, that's good in the sense that you'll have high-speed fiber. It's the reason I can do this brief right now for y'all, because I live in the middle of nowhere and I have one gig up down. I'll take it. It's bad because, by and large, AT&T owns 80% of the fiber network in the country. Doesn't matter what provider you have at your house, the infrastructure, the backbone is owned by AT&T, and AT&T is incredibly friendly with the NSA. But fiber is being installed all around the country. At times, and especially if your road was already shitty, moving equipment across your road can crack the pavement. That's because you had a bad road before they got there, not because they are there. I've cracked dozens of roads in my life just by moving a piece of heavy equipment across the road. It happens. As for the smart meters, that's also a nationwide initiative of which I'm not a fan. The reason they're doing the smart meters is because meter readers cost money and having, and people are fat and lazy and having somebody walk from meter to meter, honestly, trespassing on your property takes more time than it does for the meter reader to sit in the truck and drive past your house and grab the signal that's being emitted by your meter to get a meter reading so that they can bill you. But those smart meters do emit an incredibly high amount of EMFs or electromagnetic frequencies that can have all types of effects on you from psychological effects to physical health effects. They're not great. So what you're seeing are two different things that you are extrapolating into My city is the next, or my town is the next town that is going to be attacked by laser beams from the sky and blown up like Lahaina. My guess is the answer to that is negative. 
That's not what's happening. You have a possibly bad crew installing the uh, doing the directional boards for the fiber, and you have the power company, Dominion, upgrading to smart meters. Those things are happening all across the country. And so, and here's the thing, right? How are they going to indoctrinate everybody if there's not high-speed internet all around the country? Yeah, maybe. Good argument. But it's approaching the level of wrapped tinfoil around your head. These are national initiatives that have been in place for a long time. Uh, seven years that I know of at a minimum at this point, as far as getting high-speed internet into rural areas. And that was originally going to be accomplished with towers that were uh, using, launching broadband, you know, like a cell tower, but 5G and Wi-Fi towers. And that was deemed in many places to be cost prohibitive. So they just went with subsurface fiber, directional drilling rigs. So there you go. Let's see, back to what you were saying. We are against them, the smart meters. As my research shows, they emit lots of radiation and are also a fire hazard. I'm honestly afraid that our area is being set up for another quick burn situation. It's a highly coveted beach real estate. We moved here as our version of Koo Hemp, come out of her, my people, but now I fear we may need to start looking elsewhere. We're trusting on the Lord to help protect us. He guided us here in 2019, and we have faith just like Psalms 91. He will uphold us with his righteous right hand. Yep. Also, just so again, so we're all on the same page, people move. The idea of permanence is bullshit. People move all the time. Nothing is forever. We need to stop pretending that it's forever, especially if you're a believer, because if you've read the book, then you realize there will come a point called the second exodus that will be so great that we will no longer talk about the first exodus. And uh, if you're tracking, there's an entire, like Sukkot right now, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Festival of Ingathering is all about the first Exodus and the second Exodus. It's all about that. And there will come a point at some point, biblically prophesied, when we all leave and go somewhere else. And it's going to be such a great Exodus. We won't even talk about the first one when the Father's people were led by the hand of Moshe out of Mitzrayim, out of Egypt, and into the wilderness, where they suffered and died for 40 years because they rejected the promised land, Canaan, because they wouldn't do what the Father told them to do. Do a video on it. Maybe I will, broadhead. We'll see. My point is, people move, and the idea of permanence is bullshit. You need to remember that in your daily life. Nothing is forever. Nothing is forever. And if you really are a believer, and if it really is, Yah's will be done, who are you to say I'm going to stay here for the rest of my life? What else we got? Three more. We got three more. Next, I work for a large electrical supply company who gets many deliveries. Just had a driver make a delivery from Estes Trucking, told me that they were hacked on Saturday and all the systems are down, even their payroll. And I had to sign a hand-filled-out receipt. Just thought it was something interesting you may want to hear about. Indeed. Next, just an interesting topic. I work for a large hospital in south-central Pennsylvania in maintenance. The last two to three weeks, we've had a spike in capacity, currently sitting at 100% for children and 101 for adults. We need to do repair and maintenance on an air handler that serves the OR, but we've had operations ongoing uh, 8 to 10 p.m. at night, 
and typically the OR is empty come 6 or 7 p.m. We've had high enough capacity that we now have taken the second floor of our cancer building to treat ED patients. Do you mean like erectile dysfunction patients? Because if we're like kicking cancer patients out because somebody can't get a heart on, we got problems. All rooms, hallways are full, waiting room and triage area is full as well. Our second floor of our cancer building is for cancer chemo infusion. They are not set up with beds. They have chairs and are not set up for typical, typical hospital operations. The odd part is our cancer building is very particular due to being in immunocompromised patients are in for treatment. Just what just shows where we stand for occupancy. And last, so I'm not sure if I was experienced, if it was experienced anywhere else, but here in guys, girls, member of the Bear Nation, please do me a favor. When you send something in for Intel, and I want the Intel, Intel at bearindependent.com. Can we proofread, please? Because I got to read this on air to 1,189 people. And some of it, especially y'all that are using talk to text, it's bad. It's it's bad, bad. Please just put an eyeball on it before you hit send. Um, and BT dubs, I am vehemently opposed to talk to text as a person, just an individual. I hate it. I have made a rule in my organizations. You are not allowed to utilize talk to text for official communications. Um, cause it sounds terrible. Like the guy earlier who had his truck uh, broken into and called law enforcement cause law enforcement showed up. No, he called law enforcement, but these Babylonian rectangles of death that are going to take over the world because of AI think that he called law enforcement instead of law enforcement. Okay. So I'm gonna try and read this one. So I'm not sure. So, I'm not sure if was experienced anywhere else but her in Louisville, KY, where I work as a firefighter EMT. After the alert went out, our 911 CAD system went down. Seem, seems like if this was a test to see what they could do, it would make for an interesting scenario if other systems like this went down due to that test as well. Not sure if you have heard from others or if this of this happening or not. I just know of it doing it here and I figured I would share. Thank you. I haven't heard that from other people that their CAD system went down, but uh, I do know if you'll remember on Wednesday, according to the internet, the world was supposed to begin ending when the uh, nationwide emergency alert system was activated. And I'm happy to tell you, at least in the universe that I'm living in right now, that didn't happen. And it just it's just one more thing. The next time some tinfoil conspiracy thirst on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram gets you all spun up about some bullshit, maybe pause, maybe step back, maybe get a little bit of standoff and go, mm, what's the likelihood of this actually impacting my life? Probably not very high. Probably not very high. Andrew Ver, I prefer the LE 6920 myself. Yep, I like that one. That's a good one. 6920, good model. That is the brief for today. If you're one of those people that jumps off when it's time to discuss the value exchange, this is your polite invitation to beat feast. Get out, get out of here. Have a blessed day. Shaloha, bro. Chaim. For everybody else.
you know the drill, patreon.com. Links in the description for all this stuff. Patreon is a prepper consultancy. You ask the questions, I'll give you the answers. It's 10 bucks a month. If you can find a better way to spend $10 on the internet, uh, you know something I don't know. And by the way, if any of y'all are over there spending $10 or more a month on OnlyFans, repent, teshuva, turn from your wicked ways and spend money on something that will actually edify and build you up. Because that shit's an abomination and no whoring or idolatry is allowed if you're going to be in service to the Father. Tracking? Tracking like a tank, bear. All right, Roger that. Patreon. Link in the description. Get on board. Okay? Get on board. RefugeMedical.com. I told you uh, buckets back in stock. The buckets for Bob's sale going on bug out bag. Check it out. Also, let's see. The um, bear facts are in stock. Bear minimums are in stock. You guys know about the bear fact. I sh- I've been showing you guys this one during Sukkot. This red bear fact. It's right here. It does all the things. It's made in America. It's guaranteed forever. 92 lives saved to date that we know of. Unconditionally guaranteed forever. For you, so Bear, you're telling me 40 years from now, 40 years from now, I have an issue with my kit that you'll guarantee it. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Unconditionally forever. But how do I know it'll work? Uh, well, it's been adopted electively by all branches of the U.S. Armed Forces. That's probably a pretty good indicator. Um, thousands of law enforcement officers, EMS, firefighters, probably a pretty good indicator. Um, more than 26,000 orders have been filled by Refuge Medical in the last four years. Probably a pretty good indicator. Hundreds of five-star reviews of the bear fact on the website. Probably a pretty good indicator. Oh, and 92 people are still alive because we don't include bullshit in our first aid kits. It's a real trauma first aid kit made with the best components money can buy. Is it the cheapest? Absolutely not. It is cheaper than the flowers you will need to buy for the funeral that you will have to attend if you buy some piece of shit Chinese garbage instead of a real first aid kit, though. I promise you that. So, refugemedical.com. Your promo code is BearNation, one word or two, because some of y'all have a hard time listening for free shipping. So go check it out. Do it now. Go now. The store will be closed at sundown. JC Fixer said the buckets are stuffed. That is correct. We actually have remedial training videos. You can email admin at Refuge Medical to get a video on how to repack your bucket because that's how much stuff is in there. Marine's daughter, Bear, I want that coffee mug. Well, I'll tell you what, Marine's daughter, you meet me in the octagon. and If you can make me tap or knock me out, you can have this mug. Show Bob's, please. I can't. It's at the office, and I'm not at the office. I remember back when we hit 50 lives saved. Praise God. Amen, Chris, right? It's amazing. It's amazing. RefugeTraining.com. Spyro, Oklahoma classes are live. Don't be an ass. Come to class. Learn the fine art of how to not die. Responder 1 and Responder 2. Live in-person trainings at our office with the Refuge team. Going on October 28th and October 29th, come to class. Don't be an ass. These are very likely the last live in-person classes we are doing this calendar year. There is no fact called the bear fact on refuge. I'm looking for it now. No, Bobby C. You es muy incorrecto. Watch this. I will go to double, double, double dot refugemedical.com. 
Thank you very much for contacting Refuge Medical. Actually, if you call Refuge Medical, you're going to get a real human on the phone. Uh, except maybe not this week because we're doing Sukkot. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what. I don't even know. I don't even know what their plan is right now. I do know there's been a lot of people who have been using the live chat on the website because I see those come and go. And I know the team has been doing the live chat. Also, watch this. Bobby C., are you looking at the chat? Boom. There's the link to the Bearfac right there. <clears throat> Mr. Whitetail Fanatic, was the pelt last night the best one ever? Those on Patreon are missing out. The pelt last night, Patreon exclusive live stream Thursday last night was tremendous. It might be the best one to date. It might be. It was. It's definitely in the top three. It was awesome. Palmetto. Last night's pelt was great. Paladin 1 live chat is great. Wyco, one of the best. Bobby C., you're welcome. Thank you. Belinda, yes, it was. So, Refuge Training. Learn the March algorithm, massive bleeding, airway, respiratory circulation, head injury, hypothermia, everything else. But how do I use a tourniquet? We got you, boo. But how do I wound pack? Got that. When do I use regular compressed gauze versus hemostatic gauze? Got that. What's an NPA, a nasal pharyngeal airway? And why is it size 28 French? And what does that mean? And can I use it on an adult or a child? And how do I measure it? And which nostril does it go? Yeah, we got you. What is a, uh, an open pneumothorax? What's a simple pneumothorax? Am I worried about a simple pneumothorax? No, probably not. But if I have a closed tension pneumothorax, now what do I do? RefugeTraining.com. Come to class. Don't be an ass. Six, six, six Green, Beret, Green Berets have told me. Six of them have told me in person after taking the class. This is the best civilian medical class I've ever seen. In fact, we just had somebody wrote in. Uh, they said that uh, they took a medical class from another incredibly well-known outfit. And uh, they said it didn't even kind of compare to Responder 1, let alone Responder 3 from Refuge Medical. They were very disappointed. They said it wasn't even fun. So, RefugeTraining.com. Don't be an ass. Come to class. RefugeRuckus.com. I need you all to start going there, okay? In March, March 8th through 10th in Fort Smith, Arkansas, we are rucking through downtown Fort Smith to raise money and awareness for anti-human trafficking. It is the only event that we know of to date that has been set up anywhere to specifically wave a middle finger publicly at human traffickers. We're going to ruck through downtown Fort Smith. It's going to be awesome. On Friday, we've got speakers, presenters, uh, people you know, flying in from all around the country to come speak and present. There will be classes. There will be entertainment for the children. On Saturday, Shabbat, we're going to have a big midrash. We're going to do a Bible study. There will be worship music. And Sunday morning, we ruck. There will be vendors. It's going to be a blast. And if you can't make it, you can be a remote rucker. right? You can set up a ruckus in your hometown, refugeruckus.com. Go check it out. Okay. We, we need to get participation up. We can support 400 ruckers on the ground. We've got 24. 24. So uh, we're, what, at 6% of capacity? I need y'all. Please spread the word, refugeruckus.com. Check out Caleb House, Caleb with a K, K-A-L-E-B house.org. 
you want to learn more about who we are and what we do when it comes to anti-human trafficking, and of course, grindstoneministries.com, if the Father convicts you to give, there's an online giving button there. If the Father does not convict you to give, I don't want a dime of your money. If you want to get some t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, you can do all of that at grindstoneministries.com. That is the brief for today. I appreciate y'all very much. I hope you have a blessed day of prep. Make sure you're visiting the websites before sundown today or after sundown tomorrow because, you know, six days ye shall labor, comma, the seventh is a Sabbath of rest unto Yahuwah, your Elohim, not unto your online e-commerce platforms. Okay, so the stores will be closed. That's what I got for y'all. I appreciate you very much. I really do. Thanks for bearing with me uh, this week during the week of Sukkot. And uh, I'll see y'all soon. Bless y'all. Shalom.